0: It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. Tom Coughlin, formerly the coach of the New York Giants, started a nonprofit called the Tom Coughlin Jay Fund Foundation. After a player he coached at Boston College was diagnosed and lost his battle to cancer. That player was Jay McGillis. And for the last 20 years, Coach Coughlin has been helping families in New York and New Jersey and Jacksonville, Florida, who are tackling cancer. In Jay's memory. In fact, they've assisted over 4,000 families and provided over 9 million in financial support. Now, cancer treatment can be so expensive, and two family incomes often are not enough. uh, When it comes to a parent who is forced to leave a job to take care of a sick child, Uh, that's where this foundation steps in to help with household expenses and provide emotional support, and also create a special experience for families to have fun. Um, These experiences include like a Sunday blitz at Giant Stadium, which I want to go to, going to concerts like One Direction, and traveling with the team to a game, and so much more. Well, currently the executive director is Kelly Coughlin, Tom's daughter, and she is my guest on today's show. I think. going to enjoy uh, hearing a little bit about how this foundation started and how Kelly has grown it and continue to expand the foundation to today. Enjoy today's show. We are so glad to have you on the show, Kelly. Tell us a little bit more about this foundation and what you get to do.
1: Well, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this, um, and I feel really blessed to do my job as executive director with the Tom Coughlin J Fund We support families who have a child tackling cancer by providing financial, emotional, and practical support.
0: Excellent. Well, you know, I love hearing a little bit about the story, how this started. Apparently, your father felt real compelled to help a man named Jay McGillis. Um, Tell us a little bit about that story, and then how did he get it started, and how has it grown?
1: Sure. Um, So my dad is uh, a football coach, Tom Coughlin. And he was coaching at Boston College back in the early 90s, and had a young man who played football for him named Jay McGillis. Um, Jay was one of those kids on the team that was not the fastest or the strongest or the most talented athlete, um, but he worked really hard. He was a great teammate, um, did all the right things, uh, and he just was a terrific kid. My dad connected with Jay just from his hard work standpoint, um, but unfortunately. Jay was stricken with leukemia while he was a member of the team. So um, they were entering the 11th week of the college football season. Jay had started and played in all 10 games. The week prior to that game, um, he was sick. Uh, originally, they thought maybe it was mono or something like that. And, with a mat- and within a matter of days, they discovered that it was actually leukemia. So um, from that point on, you know, jay struggled it was about an eight month long battle with leukemia and unfortunately jay passed away in july Uh, but during the time that he was sick both of my parents spent a lot of time with jay and with his family and they saw not only the physical toll that the disease played on jay but how it affected the entire family that there was emotional strains that went along with it obviously that financially, you know, parents need to stop working, drop everything to be with their child, to make sure that they're getting the care that they need, and they have everything they need, and so they saw how um, all of those things together really added a, a burden on the family, and they knew if there was ever an opportunity to help families in a similar situation that they would do that. So fast forward a couple years later, um, my dad had the opportunity to come to Jacksonville, Florida and be the first head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it just seemed like the right time to see what he could do to give back to that population and do something to create a legacy for Jay and in Jay's name. So at that point, he started the foundation um, sort of informally, got a a couple guys together that worked with him for the Jaguars and a good friend of his and said – hey, you know, here we are in the land of golf. We're going to have a golf tournament. We're going to raise money for these kids with cancer and their families, and um, we're going to try to help them. And the original thought was let's cover those household expense payments because what happens is, you know, one parent stops working, so income goes down, expenses go up. And so let's sort of take that burden, That let's pay the utility bills, let's pay the mortgage, let's pay the rent so that the families can just be with their child. And that's how it all started, and that was twenty two years ago. I really proud to say that since then we've grown a lot in both the size and the scope of our work. So there's more families, more patients that we've been able to support. We were able to expand to the new york New Jersey area when my dad went there to coach the New York Giants, and we've also been able to provide so many more emotional and practical ways of supporting these families over the years, in addition to that core which was the initial household expense relief piece.
0: Well, I'm really impressed with his compassion, first of all, that motivated him to do something about Jay and helping out his family and that obviously this foundation has grown and grown and helped so many other families. So that's my second question. How exactly does this work for families? How do they get involved? Walk us through an example of how a family who is dealing with cancer can contact the foundation and you know what's your vetting process and your placement policy?
1: As you can imagine, uh, when a family gets the news that they have a child with cancer, you know, they're not prepared. No, nobody ever expects to hear that kind of information. Um, But they're surrounded by a team of caregivers who, you know, not only provide their medical care but also give them the the social social service piece um, and tell them sort of what they can expect and what is out there for them. Um, So we have real close relationships with the uh, pediatric oncology team Um, both in Jacksonville and in New York, New Jersey. And we work through them. So the social workers, when when a child is first diagnosed, the social workers provide them with a variety of information that's really important as they enter the journey. One of those things is, hey, there's an organization called the Tom Coughlin J Fund out there, and they can help you with your finances, and they can help you emotionally, and they're going to be there for you whenever the time is that you need them. So Sort of from day one, they get this information. Now, when a family, it, it, if a family lives in our ge- designated geographical areas and they have a child with cancer, there's, we can, we can then help them. There is no socioeconomic level requirement at all, which is one of the things that I really love about our job because it, it really doesn't matter to us about whether you can't make your $800 rent or your $2,000 mortgage. If you can't meet your expenses and provide for your family and, and keep your family together, then we're going to be there to step in. So, um, so for example, a family might get news that their um, child has cancer, they might be hospitalized initially for, you know, up to 30 days or, or something along those lines, they'll start treatment. They might not need financial help initially. They might need to know that they're not alone and that there are you know, special services or somebody might come by the, and cheer them up for the day so they can sort of get a break from the screen they're under. Um they'd be parents would be invited to support groups, things like that. But when it comes time that they do need some financial help, then we have a very short form that's processed pretty fast. Um within a week we turn things around without a lot, a lot of red tape and we'll provide all kinds of support for your monthly household expense needs. So um you know, rent, mortgage, car payments, utility bills, um, and we do have the flexibility to, to meet some unique needs for these families. Um, many of these children have uh, difficulties with their immune system. They're they're um, under additional strain, and therefore there is um, special requirements for, in order for them to be able to Be released from the hospital and go home to their home.
0: Sounds wonderful. And your mission is to help families tackle childhood cancer by providing comprehensive financial, emotional and practical support. You've already mentioned examples of how you've done that. Um, Talk about maybe some individual kids and families. How have you improved the quality of life for these children's and families? Um, Give us a few examples of that.
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, So Right now, we're helping a family who has a young man named Gavin, who is a leukemia patient as well, and he's about a year into his journey, but when he was initially diagnosed, both of his parents were holding down full-time jobs but going to school as well. And so, as you can imagine, they were shocked and devastated about the news. They were, you know, had no idea what their future was going to hold. They were mostly concerned about their child. Um, But they also did stop and think about, you know, what is the cost going to be to our family? Are we going to be able to uh, maintain this lifestyle? Are we going to be able to continue to go to school and still be able to get Gavin to all of his doctor's appointments and treatments and things like that? They have a little bit of a commute to get to the hospital, like a 45-minute drive or so. So those added expenses, you know, of gas and and being back and forth were, were really, you know, going to change their day-to-day life. Um, so the J Fund was able to step in almost immediately for them when they saw this increase in finances. And and thankfully, um, they worked out a plan and um, had access to one of our financial coaches to, to kind of see what the, the road ahead might look like. So um, the dad was able to stay in school and finish his during this time um, and now has a full-time job as an occupational therapist the mom took a break from school but now that dad has the job mom is back at school a second person that we've helped is a young girl who's eight years old and lives in New Jersey her name is Jazzy Um, she has got just a smile that lights up a room and we first met her about a year ago at our annual Valentine's Day party Um, we went to the medical center um, Newark Beth Israel where she's being treated And she was there that day for our event and party. And she's a huge New York Giants fan. Um, Just so happens that we had a couple New York Giants players accompany us. So she just you know, was thrilled to see them walk in the door and had the opportunity to pose for pictures wearing Zach Diossi's Super Bowl ring, and um, she was thrilled with that. So we think we really brightened her day, and we, we got some feedback from her mom that she hadn't seen her that excited in quite some time.
0: Well, you know, it sounds like as this foundation has grown, it's somewhat grown organically, but maybe talk about the process by which you've come up with your program design and how you continue to improve it.
1: Sure. So, you know, we started in a pretty grassroots type of way. Um, We identified a problem and a a population that needed some help, and and we stepped in and sort of tried to figure it out on our own. But over time, we have been made aware of different needs that the, the patients and their families face. And thankfully, we have terrific supporters, and we've been able to rally More help and provide additional support so we started off purely helping sort of with that emergency household expense relief when families are really in crisis but we've been able to expand that to parties and special events where families have an opportunity to just take a break from cancer for a day Uh, we were able to add scholarships because we learned that many of these kids once they're done treating when once they're done tackling cancer their families have exhausted any savings that they might have had for the opportunity to go to college. And we want these kids to be able to reach their full potential in life. So we were able to add a scholarship program. Um, And we're really excited about next year adding a sibling support program. Um, It has been brought to our attention both through parents and through the pediatric oncology team, especially the social workers who really advocate for their um, their patients and their families that – Oftentimes, when a child has cancer, the patient is able to have access to a lot of terrific services. Parents have to drop everything to make sure that their sick child gets well. And siblings are sometimes lost in a shuffle. They get sent to grandma's house or to the neighbor's house. They don't have a clear understanding of what's happening to their brother or sister. Um, And they don't get as much attention sometimes. It's just how it is. And so we are going to be adding a new support program in 2018 that's going to be specifically for these siblings so that we're going to give them something fun to look forward to, bring them together with other people, but also work in sort of a support group opportunity there where we can hopefully help them and help them deal with everything that's happening to their family. And we've been able to really grow... All of those things by connecting with families, really getting to know as much as we can, um, what they're going through, and trying to um, just listen and step in where we can.
0: That's wonderful. I love it. And um, I was really impressed as I went through your website with how much media you use and how you help tell the story of your organization and these individuals and families you get to serve. Talk about your marketing strategy and how do you implement it?
1: Well, really... Our our organization is all about the families that we're serving and so our strategy really has always been to tell their stories talk about their challenges talk about their victories sometimes sadly we we have you know very sad endings um but many we do have happy endings of these of these kids going on and and you know accomplishing great things so from traditional media to social media really I guess our our marketing strategy follows our mission which is to be there Um, We want to be part of the journey for these families. Our team is small, but we're constantly trying to um, share with each other the the interactions and the the stories that we're seeing from the patients and families. Um, When we connect with a patient at the hospital who wasn't doing well, um, or if my dad, you know, calls and gives somebody a pep talk on the phone, Um, or really connects with another patient, we're just able to share those stories. And that's our basic strategy um, is is sort of telling those stories both from, you know, a a big picture kind of perspective and then also using some of the numbers and facts and figures about the scope of the services and, and sharing that. And we hope and we think that they resonate with people both from traditional media to a social platform.
0: Well, good. Let's shift to uh, fundraising. When, what is your primary means of gaining support, and how do you recruit and retain donors?
1: Sure. So, uh, you know, we started 22 years ago event-based. So initially, we were a celebrity golf tournament that uh, raised money one time a year, and then we were able to distribute that money throughout the rest of the year supporting families. Um, and for probably the first 10 years or so, uh, we added other events, but our fundraising was predominantly based on those fundraising events Um, but we've been able to build relationships through those things and also evolve as an organization realizing that um, we can use some of the participation um, in many other ways so we've got people that maybe got involved because of the opportunity to participate in one of our events who wanted to roll up their sleeves and help in other ways Um, as we've said previously we We've been telling stories, and some of these stories really connect uh, individuals in the community with what we're doing, or they strike a chord, and they, they get the word out, and, and people want to be involved. So,
0: Well, talk a little bit about the endowments, uh, and my listeners would uh, be very interested. Some of them already probably do that. They in, you know, pursue those for their own nonprofits, but how did you go about that process, and how exactly does it work, and how does it differ than just normal fundraising?
1: Well, when we established our endowment, we sort of did some math and we looked at what we were doing and in supporting in, a, in grants to, that were being distributed to our beneficiaries. So we, we did, you know, a sort of a big picture look at where we are as an organization, where we think that the pediatric oncology universe is headed, what the needs might be going into the future. And we realized that, um, you know, we needed a certain amount of money in the bank to so that we can assure that we're going to be able to meet the minimum demands. So we calculated that amount, and then we got a group together um, of very involved people that that love the work that we're doing, that have communities and connections and universes that could help us expand really the number of people that that know about the work that we're doing, and we were pretty organized about that. We brought everyone together, and we um, created a, a list of, "Hey, here's who we need to go talk to and, and share our story, and, and let the let the story do the work for us." And so it was um, probably a year-long, intense, sort of full-court press effort where we were out um, knocking on doors and talking to as many people as we as we were able to. And um, we wrapped that effort up with some some terrific matching gifts, and um, actually we finished with a direct mail that was just, hey, you know, please help us reach our goal, and this is how important it is. And that's where we got many, many smaller gifts that are equally as valuable. So we were able to get the $50, the $100 gifts that really are going to, assure for the long-term that the Tom Coughlin Jay Fund and our work for providing financial, emotional, and practical support is always going to be there.
0: Kelly, I have a feeling that my listeners are really going to want to know a little bit more about this foundation and even jump in and help. How can people get more involved in this foundation?
1: Well, we always love to have people, you know, I feel like the the more hands, the, the lighter the load. So um, we love the opportunity to bring more people in the loop and get them involved with whether that's by giving their time and actually physically supporting the work that we're doing by providing a special talent that they might have. Um, You know, there's people out there that that have great expertise, whether they're individuals or corporate. Um, We've had companies that help us um, from a very very high tech approach with how to, how to measure our impacts or how to redo our website or, um, you know, just provide their expertise to us. So that's, you know, people that want to, Um, really share what their talent is and and help us, that's wonderful. And of course, um, we always need more dollars, there's just the the need is growing all the time and there's no crystal ball to see what healthcare is doing in the future, so we know that um, until the day that cancer is cured that there's always going to be a need for the support for these families, and so we hope that day comes, but in the meantime we're going to be there to help them now. And the more dollars we raise, the more dollars we can be there with to help fa- help these families who are just facing the unthinkable.
0: Well, Kelly Coughlin is the executive director of the Tom Coughlin J Fund Foundation. Um, if people want to find out more about you, more about the foundation and the fund, where would you send them?
1: Well, we have a brand new website we'd love for you to check out. And that's T as in Tom, C as in Coughlin, the word J, J-A-Y, fund.org. So it's T C. JAYFund.org. And additionally, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TCJFund. Uh, and you can join our conversation by using the hashtag be there.
0: Well, thanks again, Kelly, for being on the show, calling in from Jacksonville. Really appreciate what you do. love the compassion that you know that started with your father and then you've continued on his legacy and uh, you know continue to extend this to more and more families and individuals facing cancer. It's such a difficult thing and uh, we appreciate what you're doing.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity, Rob. I enjoyed it.